Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets. Powered by Betsperts, we are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always, Mr. Andy Molitor. And since it's a Friday, we figure we'll have a college football Friday. We did a little NFL on Wednesday, so we bring in Rich Lamons. You might know him from all his work on Betsperts. He's a feature writer there, and he really does have one of my favorite Twitter handles, Andy. Rico DeGaio is pretty solid. Yeah, especially since it's... Uh... I don't know what is what is rich, where does where's the etymology of of rich? Because pico de gallo is the yeah. beak of the bird, so this would be, well, rich, Richard, rich Dick. Of the bird. Yeah, uh, well, pico de gallo is more just the salsa, and then um, yeah, it means the beak, the beak of the bird. And I, I do love some pico. I had some good tacos the other day, but yeah, it is. Um, where where are we from week zero? I, I can tell uh, you exactly when the day one of NFL is. College about, is always a surprise to me. Yeah, it's about five weeks out now. So it's coming coming in close. Dig it. I'm kind of excited. We should do more college football. Maybe Andy and I will figure this out or we'll have to have you back on more. But looks like you've got some win totals for us. I mean, how much work have you done already? Are you ready? Do you have lines already set for week zero and week one? I mean, how deep in it are you at this point? Yeah, I'm pretty deep. I'd say this offseason I've probably spent more than I typically do. Um, I don't know if you've kept up with any of the college football. You know, nothing really happened over this last offseason. Just 29 <laughs> new head coaches. Um, James Madison's coming up from the FCS and some conference realignment. There's a transfer portal that just keeps on going and going and going. And, you know, no big news in the, with more conference realignment. Nothing like that. Um <laughs> Yeah, with all the transfers, I put a bit more time in than I typically have just to try to see what I can what I can find because when there's more uncertainty, typically there's more edges to be found. So I kind of just want to make sure what I'm going on before I start firing off anything this year. The transfer yeah, portal I've, stuff I've is nuts. I've done the thing with basketball, man. It did just, they change like, that? I remember growing the, up. The transfer portal change. stuff is a mess and a half. Like The more I looked at it, I started to look at my schedule for what I need to complete before NFL starts. I looked at that. I'm like, you know what? One like week one of the NFL, I need to start absolutely putting pen to paper on college basketball. Like I need yeah. like six, I need six to eight weeks just to catch up with because again, there's there's even more teams in basketball. A lot of it is you know light stuff, but there's so much transferring right now. A lot of the realignment, you know, it's a few years down the road, but stuff to look forward to. And like you said, tons of new head coaches. That makes a big difference. Yeah. If, if anyone watched anything we did with college football last year i believe multiple shows probably even the deep dive when we talked to bud we talked about the western kentucky offense and how that was going to be fun to start the season there's always stuff like that and yeah like like rich says when there's uncertainty means there's probably uncertainty on the the people who are setting the lines as well and there's always some edges to find so what uh what's what are some win totals that you've bet already this season yeah, so uh, one of these is uh, Southern Miss. Um, win total right now is four and a half. Like you said, there's uncertainty with these from the bookmakers, and it started at four, so it's already gone over. And I played it at 145, um, so that makes it equivalent like uh, 4.75-ish, give or take. Uh, my number on there is like 5.75, so I've still got enough value to make it worthwhile. Um, I don't mind the juice on something like this. It's value's value. Um, you know, if you're looking – if the juice scares you – then just in general, win totals might not be for you if you're worried about tying up money that long. Um, but in general, so this team uh, head coach is in his second year, Will Hall. Uh, last year they went three and nine. Um, they had a 
pretty pretty poor year. They were bottom 10, like yards per play, offensive success rate. They had a really bad season. But uh, when you get in the context of this, they had over 10 players attempt to pass. Um, the three quarterbacks, their top three quarterbacks on the roster all got injured at some point to the point that the final two games, they just ran a wildcat offense. And they actually won those two games, of course. Um, go figure. Like uh, Frank Gore Jr. had the best quarterback rating on the team. I mean, I think he only played for like one game, but still, he didn't sell. He had like four touchdowns, one pick. But um, but yeah, it's when you have that kind of happen, that kind of injury luck to an individual position, especially the quarterback. I don't know how much stock I can really put into any of the stats from the 2021 season. So look, going forward, you know, quarterback Ty Keys is a dual threat. He's supposed to be pretty good, uh, highly rated. Um, with injury back from everything, they're going to be a top 10 team in returning production and experience with 17 starters back on both sides of the ball. Their skill players are pretty solid, uh, both running backs and receivers. They get a lot of people back. Last year, they had some issues with the offensive line, but again, with a lack of consistency at quarterback, you know, they went from a running quarterback to pocket passers and back and then wildcats. So again, that should improve hopefully. And their defense was pretty solid and not losing, not losing too much. They're really, above average, especially for their conference, uh, their new conference, because they're moving to the Sun Belt um, in the secondary, so that's always nice. Uh, their strength of schedule is kind of on the weaker side. Bottom 30, if you're looking at regular season wins, they'll be favored in like five games and a dog of one score or less and another five with three of those at home. Um, you know, they're, they've got a new offensive coordinator from Liberty, and the first game they play against is Liberty at home, so that's kind of a nice thing. So um, overall, their schedule, there's not any – not any two tough schedule spots on there. You know, there'll be some games they're expected to lose and some there should win. So um, they should flirt with getting a bowl game. And, you know, the way this potentially loses is just, again, injury luck or, you know, if the O-line really is kind of struggling throughout, then that might cause some issues. But, again, with just consistency play or just uh, personnel availability, that should improve this year. Yeah, it makes me think of Dallas, the Cowboys from like last yeah. year when we previewed them. It said, "How the you know how the shit are we supposed to take a prior from this team because everybody was injured last year? Like, how do I evaluate the twenty-one Cowboys based on the twenty Cowboys?" And you know, kind of yeah. the same thing. Cluster injuries are crazy, but cluster injury at a quarterback really muddies the water a little. How about this uh, this G Tech under here? Yeah, that's, so, not, very, that's not very many wins. And the the no, ACC is usually kind of wide open-ish after the first couple teams yeah so it's at three and a half now again this has already moved some from four it was a juicy under four um regretted passing on that in midsummer but then i was like ah if this team just goes just full belly up you know i still want to be on this um so this is jeff collins's fourth year and potentially his last uh, in college you really want to see a lot of improvements in year three but last year, they were bottom 30 in success rate on both offense and defense, poor red zone efficiency, poor third down efficiency. Um, just really bad year that finished 3-9, and they were 4-8 and against the spread. So they were even underperforming from what expectation was. Um, this year, they're going to be bottom 10 in returning production. They lost you know, a top running back, transferred to Alabama. They're losing three of their top four pass catchers. Um, on the bright side, Sims is a dual-threat quarterback who was kind of hurt for about half the season, so he showed some good signs, but it's still, I don't know if that's going to be enough with the schedule that they've got. Um, I've got their projected wins at like 2.6 right now. Um, they're favored in two games this year. You know, one is against Western Carolina, those mighty catamounts coming to town. 
Uh, other than that, you know, their non-conference includes Ole Miss, UCF, um, Western Carolina, and uh, who else is on there? Uh, Georgia, which, yeah, that's just not even a contest. Um, so, yeah, favorite in two, dog by one score in two games. And, you know, one of those, both of them are the Virginia schools that both of those are having coaching changes as well. So that kind of favors Georgia Tech a little bit. But even then, um, a lot of speculation, this is going to be Jeff Collins' last year if something doesn't turn around. And I'm kind of buying into that. So it's a lot of losses, a lot of big losses potentially on the schedule. Yeah, well, I, I like that. I like is it hard to find alt win totals or stuff like this? Because I'm wondering if I can find a three. Because it's as you're kind of breaking that yeah. down, it seems like they get two wins and the other one's a coin flip. So if I'm at that point, I, I mean, I wonder if I could find a three somewhere. I haven't seen them since the old five dimes, um, but I also lack a lot of the, yeah, for real. <laughs> All right, <laughs> those Pete, are Tony. some fun ones there. Um, but I'm not sure if any of the legal stuff has any of those. I'm still dabbling. My state's a little slower over here. Yeah. Um. Fresno. Yeah. I don't Fresno. even know what kind. Of, what is this? Mountain West? Mountain West. My, my brain just Those turns off from like as soon as March Madness is over, I just forget everything I know about college and just the, the summer race of rain. But yeah, this is a apparently a good team. They got another car or what? No, even better. They've got a, uh, of course, I'm going to blank on his name, uh, Jay Kaner, a quarterback. Um, yeah, in general, uh, this team. Lost their head coach to Washington, which a great hire for Washington, but they bring back Jeff Tedford, who was previously the Fresno coach for about yeah. three seasons. Um, so he's been near the program. He stopped for health reasons, but they brought him back. Um, they've had to get a whole new staff with, you know, DeBoer taking some folks and other people leaving. Uh, but the OC is an internal hire, so he's been around the program. And the D coordinators, uh, Kevin Coyle, who was at LSU staff, he's been at D.C. in the NFL. And so um, – you're not really having a big drop off in my mind on the coaching staff. You know, last year they went 10 and three, they upset UCLA. They were a one score loss against Oregon, you know, a real solid year. They were top 25 in offensive success rate, yard per play margin, um, top 10 passing success rate. Jake Hayner threw for like over 4,000 yards is one of the top quarterbacks last year. He's going to be another top 10 quarterback this year. Overall, they're top 15 in returning production and experience. They got 15 total starters backs. They don't really lose much anywhere. Like one O-lineman, one wide receiver that was like their third best pass catcher. They lost a running back, but the one coming back might be even better, averaging, uh, you know, he's still, uh, Mims is going to take over the starting role, and he still had over 100-plus carries and averaged like five and a half yards last year, and it was pretty um, – pretty involved in the passing game as well. Their defense was solid. Their defensive backs are great for their conference as well. Uh, they had a top 10 passing success rate allowed for their defense. So expecting more of the same this year. Their schedule is like a bottom 10 strength of schedule. Um, they'll be favored in 10 games, including at home against Oregon State the second week of the season. They play at USC, but that's in week three. And so that's kind of nice to face USC and all their changes early on in the season before they can really – ideally before they gel, but um, they're favored by more than one score in nine of their games, and they're a dog by one score in other two. From the East Division, they get Boise State, which is a bummer, but they get the bottom two teams for the other three or for the other two conference games. So a lot of big expectations. Um, they'll be, you know, chalk prevails. They'll be in the Mountain West title game again against Boise State, but they get to avoid Air Force. Um, you know, this for this one to lose – 
like I've got them projected nine and a half wins for this one to lose. You got injury concerns. And then if just the coaching staff tries to do too much changes, but I don't considering who they hired with people still involved or near the program, I don't expect too much to change going into this year. Yeah. I, I might bet this one just because I won't sweat any of the games because they're on after I go to bed. Like yeah, I like that one go. a lot. I'm I'm old and I'm washed and like those, <laughs> those West Coast games that it's not something I sweat on. I hate that when you check the scoreboard at two o'clock and the team you like is losing by two scores. Ready? I want to just wake up and be angry or happy. So <laughs> I like I like West Coast football. I, yeah. I have done a lot with uh, Pac-12, which uh, again right up there at five times RIP Pac-12. I guess. <laughs> but. Uh, no, I love those. And uh, I'm excited for college football. I think deep dive coming down the road. We might even talk some college later on. We had Bud on last year. Might try to get him again, just because, man, it's we don't talk that well about college football. It'd be great to get someone to come on and kind of explain a few things for us. So Rico at Rico underscore D Gallo, just like the salsa, but not mm-hmm. really because it is uh, R instead of P. Uh, you working on anything this year? You going to put some betting stuff out on the Twitter? Yeah, I'll do some stuff. And I got some other stuff with uh, Mr. Dina Tennis on the right side there with some other things. But, you know, let's see. We'll see with time and all that with some family stuff we got here. But, um, yeah, just looking forward to the season and starting to get some of my NFL stuff too. But mainly trying to make sure my college is uh, ready to go so I can keep that rolling. Perfect. Yeah, appreciate you joining us. Enjoy your weekend. And again, you can follow Rich on Twitter there and get his college takes or bug him for more bets. And we'll uh we'll, we'll do some more college here down the road. Like you said, we got like five weeks. So so appreciate it. Have a good one, man. All right, y'all too. Thank you. Love the y'all. Nice natural y'all. Yeah, Is it I mean, salsa I, or salsa? I salsa? say salsa just salsa. for fun. It's sauce. It's salsa. salsa. There is this peach anyway. salsa. That oh my god, it's like spicy but sweet. Uh, because I don't like sweet salsas, it's got to be spicy too. So it's a little sweet, little salt, spicy. Oh my god, I've been just crushing that. I'm a big, big chips and salsa guy. And thank you for the Andy. I like your hat. Do you remember when I said that? I said, Hey, just leave a comment that said, I like your hat. <laughs> I go back on the YouTube again. My brain is so mush at this point in my life. I go onto the YouTube and there's in the creator part, you can see all the comments that have been on any of the, you know, any of the shows that are on our show, channel. So like Dan's done Heisman stuff. Brian's doing yeah, NASCAR stuff. We have brown bag bets. We have the deep dive, which gets some comments. And there's just one comment that says, hey, Andy, I think your hat is just meh. I said, <laughs> who the fuck is this guy? What is the fuck is this guy's problem? And I could not make any sense of like, why would he make fun of my, I clicked on the video to see what hat I was wearing. And then I'm like, oh yeah, like he's just having fun. I, I forgot I'd said like to leave a comment that you liked my hat. I was mad for like 30 seconds till I remembered that was something I said, but I digress and we'll, head to, we'll head to Europe and I'll calm down while uh, Alex is running you through. A couple of bets, both tournaments uh, at the WTA level. I'm guessing these are one today. One are, are quarter? Are they quarters or semis on a Friday? Uh, Palermo is the quarters. Hamburg tomorrow morning is actually the final. Hamburg's a, a, a day ahead, and yeah, Rick Daddy. I like Mrs. Renfro's. I, I, I can mess with that. Oh yeah, I'm more of a light salsa. I'm with you though. It can't be too sweet. It's... No, I'm 
I like I like the stuff I make myself. So, and I do make <laughs> pico de gallo by myself. I like it homemade. So, anyway, on to the tennis. A dog. That's like you. dog. That's just like you. It's it is it is pretty much just like me. And to be honest, Andy, I bet this at a worse number last night before I went to bed. Um, Lucia Bronzetti here plays against Caroline Garcia. Made it her last round. Got her at Caroline in the first set, and our, our girl just fell apart there at the end. It was. Kind of a bizarre match. And I think, again, Caroline Garcia's number is coming up, and I think it's going to be sooner rather than later. Um, you know, Cochiaretta couldn't get it for us yesterday. So I'll go back to the well here with another talented Italian player on clay. Bronzetti has had a great week. Um, I know our buddy Vinny, who was on the deep dive talking tennis, uh, added her actually as an outright piece midweek. So a lot of good support coming in from her from some, some smart people. I look at my own numbers here, and I bet this is a plus 186 yesterday. I was thrilled to do that. Um, I have it closer to plus 165, maybe plus 170. And now I'm looking at plus 210 and plus four games. So I might actually go back and take a little bit more of this myself and, you know, try to cost average down a little bit, or else I'll have some really bad CLV on this when I log it a little bit later. But really like the matchup, like all the numbers here. And again, Garcia is at some point here, whether it be fatigue, whether it be the fact that these courts aren't really perfect for what she's been doing the last couple weeks it's going to catch up with her so i'll take bronzetti that will be this afternoon looks like it'll be around 3 15 or so eastern time and then tomorrow morning the hamburg final unfortunately i had two outrights andy in the semifinals and they both lost but we'll go back to the well here give me contivate minus three games she was someone that before the week i i wasn't 100 sure she'd be locked in or totally healthy but has just been blitzing women all week has won every match 2-0 um, got a little caught up yesterday, almost lost the second set, but was able to get it back together and win 7-5. Happy to lay the three games here. I'm seeing two, two and a half some places. I actually sold out to three at plus money. So play the two, play the two and a half. But if you can, sell to three. Get yourself a nice plus number here. I think this is like plus 105 at Bookmaker for the minus three. When I grabbed it a little bit earlier, just a really good week for her. And Bernarda Pera, who I think is on – like almost a 20 match win streak. I think 16, maybe 17 at this point is just now at the point of one of those streaks where the market has just gone too far in her direction and just some value here in Contivate. I was shocked at that. It's goddamn it's got a net. She is going to truck her. That's what I mean. I had this at four. I could have made a case for four and a half. So give me, give me three at plus money. Sounds great. What could go wrong? Because, what, what do you think the biggest win during that winning streak was? Besides, I don't know, maybe the final, I guess, but. I mean, yeah, Perry did win a tournament in there. Let me go back through it. I mean, yeah, winning a tournament is important. I'm, I'm saying as far as, like, strength of opponent, Contovite's very good. Yeah, I mean, the best player she beat was Sastovich, who's 36 in the world. And with all due respect, she's nowhere near the level of what Contovite's on. You make a good point. I'm looking Thank through you. here. A lot of numbers in the 200s and 100s and the few numbers that are, you know, in the mid-50s or lower. Again, we're, we're talking about Contovite. She's numbers two in the world right now. Yeah, I mean – a winning streak is a winning streak, and you can only be you don't get to pick your opponents. You can only beat the player they put out across from you on that uh, on that court. And it's very nice to win a tournament, but sometimes the market sentiment can get a little squirrely when someone has been winning this many matches and they forget who they won the matches against. Just watch the last 20 minutes of the great white hype and remember that sometimes sometimes people get in their own heads and think something can happen and it can't so looking yeah looking for a contavite truck stick here hopefully it's just i could dig it i'm calling a double bagel right now 
I like you, I haven't called they, anything in a long time. I really doubt that. See, happens. Pa- Paris good enough to not do that. It's the biggest. Six two six three. Six two six three is my final score line. <laughs> Cultivate minus 11 and a half for Andy. I like it. Yeah, 11. It's like the when I used to do that with, I've literally bet an over 38 and a half in a, uh, in a tennis match live when I think, you know, the, the triple tie break. Well, it was like tie break, tie break. And then yeah. it's like, do you want to bet this one goes to a tie break on the alt line? I'm like, I kind of do. So that's as far as you can get. But all right, two for one for today, one for tomorrow. Speaking of today, and I feel like a real shithead because I didn't post it in my thread. Um, the Germany one and a half won on a hilarious <laughs> gaff by the Austrian goal. Not, not that Germany wasn't playing. Austria was pressing well. I was impressed with the Austrian offense. They got chances. Germany is just too good to be allowing that sort of stuff. Germany probably should have scored three. Um, I'd have to go back and look at that XG, see what I had. But if anybody hasn't seen the video, I did retweet it yesterday with a Germany minus one and a half LOL quote tweet. The goalie from Austria was passed to by a defender, and she was not looking well in her peripherals, tried to kick the ball, and pop came out of nowhere and just ran in front of the kick, let it bounce off her into the goal. It was a... It was like the 89th minute too, so it was a it was a pretty fun result for me to find. I had a three game losing streak heading into that one. I needed that one, and like I said, I also uh, I guess I did cash a future with England into the semis, but three game losing streak broken. And today, uh, another future on the line where I had Sweden to win the group and I had Sweden to go to the semis. All now, right, I bet Sweden to go to the semis at plus one fifty prior to the tournament. They are minus 1,000 now. They drew, and again, anything can happen. Minus 8, CLV is what it is, but anything can happen. But they did draw, and it's funny, they're probably the worst of the favorites that that made it to the semifinal, the quarterfinals, but they are the biggest favorite because they drew by far probably the worst team that made it through out of a goofy group. Where they just they beat in kudos to what they you know they did they they beat Italy one nil and they got in on the last day they haven't had great results but they did just enough to get through here and they are a big underdog to the Swedish team like I said probably can find a five or six to one for them to advance I don't think that's happening I didn't really know how to approach this other than just parlaying some stuff uh, Sweden to just win uh, in regulation combined with France to advance. It's about minus 125, minus 130. I played a little of that for fun because I, I'm a you know I'm a masochist, but Sweden first half minus 135. It's 40, 45 at some shops. The best I found was minus 135. They have come out and scored early in a lot of their matches. Obviously, the Swiss match was a little tougher. Swiss played them tough as nails, honestly. But Sweden's last match, well, I loved what I seen from this offense. I do think we see it early and often here. Uh, although the you know team totals would not have been great in these rounds so far. England didn't get theirs. Obviously, their second goal coming in extra time. Germany needed a miracle to get to their second goal. I think their team total was too flat. So that would have just pushed anyway. I'm not going to sit here and bet a Sweden team total over. I'm just going to take them comfortably to get out to a lead and take the first half. Minus 135. And then, uh, God, we ran kind of long today, and I actually have a meeting at 11. So real quick, real quick golf. 
Golf, what's happening? Fast, the fastest golf you're ever going to hear me spit. Just two quick matchups for this afternoon. Went three, two, and one yesterday, but it's not bad. Both of the matchups I talked about on here, uh, I believe Kazire over, yeah, Kazire over Tway was tied going to the final hole and they went birdie bogey, which was perfect. And then Nick Hardy had a beautiful chip on 18 to give himself a four, a four foot birdie putt. Um, and he took the match. Both of my matchups I gave out on here were decided on 18. So if you like drama, uh, I guess that's what I'm offering. Hopefully drama free. Hopefully these both win by a million strokes. I much, much prefer that Matthew Neesmith team, no putt. Uh, not only is he team no putt, we saw it yesterday. He lost two and a half strokes putting, but he still shot even par because he is so good tee to green. If a couple of putts fall, honestly, over the next couple of days, he's probably in contention. He's striking the ball very well. And I did play him against Brandon Todd, who is not a good ball striker. I saw some decent drives, but his accuracy was better than what I expected out of him yesterday. This was one I did play yesterday and I'm playing again. Uh, like, obviously, we do this a lot on Fridays. Like, yeah, I played this on Thursday. You just didn't know about it because it was going on already by the time we had brown bags. This is a double up for me from a bet I made yesterday that, I'm, again, I'm 90% sure that one won. Me, Smith over Todd. Oh, that one lost. All right, we're going back for revenge. This is a revenge spot for me then. And then Nick Taylor. This is not Vaughn Taylor. Nick Taylor over former Masters champion Danny Willett. This is uh, another one where will it or uh, won't it? Again, it is it is team no putt. Like Nick Taylor has not been a good putter. Looking at his in round stats, he actually putted decent, which is say, well, shouldn't you be going against that then? <sighs> like sometimes, if a if a putter is you know a guy who has bad putting stats traditionally comes to a course like TPC Twin Cities where putting is easy and it should be easy for everybody and he just finds it on the bent grass, I'm willing to continue to back a guy like that. And really, he let me down in other aspects of his game, like you know the tee to green, the approach, the stuff he should be doing better at. So I think Nick Taylor, if he even if the putting regresses to border, you know, baseline, and he can get his approach game back to where it needs to be, I'm fine backing him over Danny Willett, who, again, he played fine. But Danny Willett's range of outcomes is probably where it was yesterday. Like, he's just going to go out there and shoot within one shot of par one way or the other. And I think Taylor can have a nice day this afternoon. So those two, uh, if you want all my plays over at betspurtsgolf.com, just a dollar a month for the rest of the season. Swing season specials in full effect. If you have questions, DM me. If you have a thumb, give it an up in the YouTube chat and – Let's call it a week, Alex. It was a good week, fun week, I think. Got a lot done, a lot of bets going on. We always talk about this as the dog days, but win total Wednesdays are back. We got a little college football talk. It's happening, Andy. Things are happening. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Have a good weekend. Good luck with all your bets. Again, thanks for joining us. Thanks for any thumbs up. Thanks for any comments about my hat, Alex's beard, or any bets you're looking to place this weekend. We'll catch you Monday.